I haven't muted. Michael! Fucking hell. Gotcha. <laughs> bastard. You bastard. Michael! <laughs> wow. Can you stop that? Animal. It's inappropriate. Content catch up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Content Catch Up. Barks is here, of course, but Barks, we've also got a very special guest today. Um, you hear us reference him pretty much every episode on this podcast, so we're finally glad to have him come along. It's Edwin from The Social Sandwich. Edwin, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. Yeah, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the call up. I was beginning uh, to think it was never coming, but I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Yeah, we we teased it for a long time, and um, if anyone's been following both of us on social, you know there's a bit of a love fest going on there. So I'm glad that we could finally make it happen on this lovely Sunday morning. Um, and I just want to say, Edwin's and myself have gone to the effort of putting on a party shirt, and all Barks could muster up was a white t-shirt. So really appreciate your efforts here today, Barks. You know, I would if I had one. I'm just it's just not really me. In fact, I had a I just what was the I had an 80s themed New Year's Eve party and had to borrow right. your shirt. Jules, so you know that better than anyone. That, that's actually true. We'll, we'll get some photos up for you. You could have worn your Udi, actually. That would have been more party than a, a white T-shirt. Yeah, I think. That was last week. Edwin, before we jump into it, I just thought I'd explain a little bit about how, how we know each other and, and why we're having you on this show today. Because obviously you're doing some great work with the, the social sandwich and your own business, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But before that, in another life, uh, you were in charge of 10 Sports Social and kind of really revolutionized the way that 10 covered their sport, in particular um, the Big Basher. We worked together on that and, and had a bit of a love fest over social while you were there um so that's that's where edwin's background comes from if all those listening out there and then he's he's made his transition obviously he did a lot of work with a couple of other shows you might have heard of in uh love island i believe there was and then there was survivor i'm a celebrity get me out of here so you've you've seen his work around if you've at all followed channel 10 on social media so he shouldn't be a stranger to anyone here is basically what I'm trying to say in that long-winded introduction. But Edwin, wow. that's why we're glad to have you on. What, what an intro! That was uh, beautiful. That was probably the nicest thing, <laughs> nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. So <laughs> we we like to make our guests feel welcome, unless they're um, Barks's brother. Then that was just pain in the ass. Darren, if you're listening, I never want to have you on again. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't ready for that, but um, I think Edwin might be be a bit easier than. Darren was. Um, let's get straight stuck into Love Island questions. No, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll, <laughs> as much as I'd love to turn this into a Love Island fest, um, one thing we do with all guests is called the One Minute Brief, Edwin. So, Welcome to the One Minute Brief. Your time starts now. Series of five quick questions they're meant to be quick hitters but often it's not a one minute brief it's about a 10 minute brief so if you feel like rambling just go for it but i'm going to kick us off with your nickname um to me, i've never really had a nickname that stuck so i've kind of just got like every nickname but none of them have really ever stuck so like i get ed and eddie naturally um like a portion of my friends call me eggy 
which always makes you laugh when you do your egg of the week. It feels very, um, <laughs> very, very relevant. Um, so that's, they're the kind of, um, the three and it's kind of alternate depends on which, you know, group or family or friends, um, are saying it. So feel free to use any of the three if you'd like. Do you have a preference? Cause we do like to use a nickname. We're not, we don't want to be formal. Um, well, or, I don't or create really, one for I'm, you. Okay. Yeah. Let's, I mean, I use Eddie for like when I do my hot takes on my, my page. So like maybe that one. So it's, but also, yeah, I'm easy. If you want to make one, let's, you know, let's come up with it. Well, he just said he's easy, yeah, easy Eddie. Easy Eddie. There you go. Easy Eddie. Uh, look, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's shorten it <laughs> so it doesn't sound seedy. Let's go just easy. Easy. Yeah, we'll go easy. All right. <laughs> Jules, easy, like, easy, like Sunday, <laughs> easy like Sunday morning. Yes. Yeah, there you go. I have an intro that song. That fits in nicely. I have an intro song That's for you. Um, I'll, I'll have to sing it though because we can't actually use commercial music. <laughs> true, true. I, know, I know how much everyone loves me singing. Jules, touch on it, Edwin, but your job title. My job title, oh, I work for myself, so um, I kind of make it up like depending on what I feel like. I sometimes call myself like the head honcho because I'm just the only person that I work for. Um, so I guess like social media consultant if you were being, um, being, being fancy, but I kind of I put, put on a lot of hats that I think we all do on, you know, just with whatever people need. So social media consultant, I reckon. Let's go for that. Do you have a favorite bit of content you've worked on? Um, I do. I'm going to, I'm going to do two, um, because one, um, was a really short, like, um, piece of content that you might've seen, which was with Adam Gilchrist when we, I basically asked him to do, um, to play the, like the finger game, if you know that where you, um, yeah. you know, if you put that, the little, you know, the circle with the finger and your thumb, and if someone looks at it, you have to punch them. So yeah. like, it was right when like, it was kind of doing the rounds on the internet. Um, and I thought if I could get Gilly doing that and, you know, it would just make a funny clip. So I literally, um, you know, in the space of about half an hour count with this idea of like, oh, Gilly, this is the idea. Um, he pretended to do like a fake pitch report. Um, and, you know, just the camera kind of panned down on the phone and then it was him and he was like, hey, got ya. And then it like basically went pretty viral, um, you know, almost like around the world, which is people like, what the hell, what Gilly just like got everyone. Um, so that's kind of, you know, again, it was like no planning, uh, no real thought outside of, I think this would be funny. Um, it was also back in the day when, you know, there wasn't like, I didn't have to go through approvals. Like no one really, yeah. like no one, I was me and I, I came with the idea and I posted it. And then I remember our, um, like our head of sport, Dave Barham, who's like one of the most like influential people in Australian sport. Who like, he was like the mastermind behind the big bash. Like the, one of the first times he ever spoke to me was he called me and was like, Edwin, what, what is this video? Oh <laughs> like, is, is it offensive? Like what, what's happening? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's, it's just like a little bit of fun. Um, and then he was like, okay, uh, you know, I, I trust you. And he saw that, you know, it had like a million views or something on Twitter already. And he was like, okay, this, this is all right. So, um, actually I'm, that's just, that's, that's my favorite piece of content. I've got some other stuff, you know, that's a bit more planned and a bit more proper, but, but that, that's the one. Yeah, it's often the ones that are less planned that are, I think it's a common theme we've found, Jules, where things just happen. Um, last one, which is our favorite, your best non-work skill, and it can't be your party shirt collection, if that's a skill. Oh, that's, that's up there. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think that's not really, that's not a skill. It's just like, oh, cool, I've just bought a few shirts over the years. True. <laughs> um, 
I probably, uh, I used to be able to play tennis pretty good and I, I still, I still dabble, um, not as well. Um, so probably like playing tennis and my, my one claim to fame is that, um, when I was a bit younger, um, I beat Nick Kyrgios in doubles with my, wow. my, good, my good friend. Yeah. We're using that as the first line like of the promotion. To, <laughs> I like to just drop that one in. Like, you know, there's a few caveats that, um, you know, you have to mention, like it was double. Um, you know, no. I think I was, I was about 17 or 18 and he was about, you know, 13 or 14. Um, but he was still really good. And, you know, I think he was pretty shocked that me and like my other mate that were just like battle tennis coaches beat him in this double tournament. Um, but so. you know what? Like the record doesn't show his age. It just shows that you beat him. So don't That's worry it. about all those other caveats. Like, I like you're fine. Was- I never played him again, so it's one and zero. So. <laughs> 100% win rate against Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. We'll also cut the explanation of the ages because it sounds far better without it. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds much better the other way, but you know, you've got to be realistic, I think. That's a pretty unreal claim to fame. I think. It is. <laughs> I think that's one of the most oh. exciting that we've had. <laughs> I like to just bring it out every now and then on Twitter as well, just as like, oh, Kyrgios is in the quarterfinals. Like, oh, I have this one time yeah. in <laughs> You should do the, um, you know what, Nick Kyr- um, Roger Federer and I have in common? Both beaten Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> 100% win rate against Nick Kyrgios. Well, glad that we got to, to find out a little bit more about you, uh, Ed. We're going to now dump, jump into the, the tough questioning. Take us back to your, your days working in sport content at Channel 10. How did you kind of land there? Um, and what were your goals when you arrived there and you settled down and you started thinking about content? Um, you had a weird like journey to get there. I started off actually living in Melbourne for like a year and a half, which, um, yeah, I worked for tennis Victoria back in the day. Um, you know, being like a tennis person, I kind of fell into like working there and then did some work for cricket Australia just over like a summer and then ended up working for this, um, like second screen app for TV called Beamly. Um, it was called Z-Box at one stage. If you remember like, you know, back, back when these like, you know, like Spango and, and Z-Box are like, you know, these new things that everyone's like investing in. It's like, Oh, it's going to change the way that, you know, TV's watched and all that. Um, so I was like the sports editor for those guys, um, but they were affiliated with Channel 10. So, um, you know, when basically the company ran out of money um, and went under, which was pretty rough after investing like two and a half years of my life in this like startup company that like everyone believed in. I was like, this is going to be great. And then we ran out of money. I was like, oh, fuck, right. Um, then I kind of just had made some contacts at Channel 10 um, and, you know, I want this guy who was there like head of social at the time and it was pretty, a pretty new department reached out and was like, I need someone to start just do like a month contract because, um, you know, we need some help. And then, you know, the next week I'd started there and, you know, four and a half years later, I was still there. Like it was kind of, I guess a bit lucky, but, you know, I always say, and I think I might even say this with your, you know, what, what are the best tips you have to get into the industry? It's like, just make some contacts and talk to people and put yourself out there and, I think he literally followed me on Twitter and just kind of knew that I was kind of knew how to post to Facebook and yeah. like knew my way around Twitter. So he's like, Oh, this guy's all right. Um, and then, yeah, basically when I started at channel 10, it was, um, they actually didn't really have any kind of direction around sport and social media, like sport kind of sat on its own side on the production. And so it was like, you know, we make the sport show and then, you know, it was like cricket, um, rugby that they had at the time, a bit of like F1. 
And I kind of went in and I was like, why don't we work with the sport guys? Because it's live sport, you know, people are watching it. It's a good thing to do. And they're like, oh, we just never really had that relationship. So part of what I did straight away was just started seeing the sport production team and getting, you know, close with them. So they kind of trusted me, which, um, you know, was became really important because I realized that they were just being neglected by almost everyone in the company they just like were very on their own because it's like you know channel 10 is very entertainment heavy you know yeah it's bachelor master chef you know those shows are the big ones um so then yeah it was yeah they didn't really have sport for a long time there did they they yeah. kind of had the afl at one stage and then dropped off and kind of came back with cricket i believe yeah and so when i was there i think it was bbl two or three maybe i'm not sure what my first one was and you know, it was like, right, you're in charge of what we do on, on socials. And, um, you know, it was kind of the first year was interesting because, you know, I was pretty new to it all and um, didn't really, like, I didn't have that relationship with the broadcast team. And so it was kind of like finding out on how we, how we, how we, you know, played online, like where, what our kind of tone of voice was and all of that. And, you know, I always come at things from, you know, let's have fun and let's be a bit fun and cheeky on, around social media and I think it reflected the broadcast too. You know, the the ten broadcasts I think still kind of changed the game of just how sports broadcast in Australia because it was you know, it was fun. They wore like, you know, the pastel colours, like yeah. it was more casual. They, you know, it told stories and just were like, you know, it was like just mates having a laugh. And I think they kind of yeah, changed the the way that sport was seen. And so when we're looking at the social media side of like how do we kind of reflect what what's on air and I think it probably took you know, maybe a year or two to build up a bit of a brand and, you know, to be able to have a bit of fun with, you know, what we did online. And, um, you know, it was, it was actually really hard to do it first because we didn't have any of the digital rights. So there was yeah. no, um, you know, we basically couldn't use any kind of highlights. I think we, we managed to negotiate that we would get, you know, like 30 seconds of footage a, a game or something ridiculous like that. So, you know, the natural thing is, right, well, when there's a sick catch or like a six, you post that and that's your content. Um, but for us, it was like, all right, we can't do that. So it was, you know, using like gifts on Twitter to kind of when, you know, like when like those reaction gifts was first starting yeah. to be a thing, I think now they're kind of really overused, but you know, in those early days, it was like, Oh wow. They're like live tweeting, but it's like with a Simpsons gif and, you know, kind of like dumb shit like that that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> so that was kind of, yeah, how, how we started doing all of that. And, um, you know, just over the years kind of got closer and built a better relationship with the sport guys. And then we realized that I think year two, we made sure that there was someone on the ground for every game. So rather than just relying on being, you know, in an office in Sydney, kind of, you know, live tweeting, putting on Facebook, like the, the stuff that's happening, like having someone on the ground. And we ended up doing, um, you know, like Facebook lives with, punter and gilly before the game you know when remember when facebook live was like the biggest thing to happen to social media and like everyone was doing it um so then yeah that kind of became a big part as well because again we still didn't have the rights to it but it was like oh we can use the talent that we have which are amazing like you know them getting ready before the game like doing a preview on the ground all of that stuff um yeah that was really long-winded and i don't even know if it answered the question but um, <laughs> It, it it absolutely did. And I think there was like some really cool things that you, you brought up there. Number one, like obviously being able to, to pave the way and kind of having a blank slate and having some fun with it because, I mean, the, the thing with cricket, 
and Barks will attest to this, but it's like it's not a very entertaining sport to watch if you're not into cricket already. So like if you can have fun supplementally, like away from the actual game and bring people in with a cheeky broadcast, like with what 10 did breaking away from that traditional Channel 9 of like Richie Benno and Shane Warne talking shit and then bring in like some fresh faces and entertaining, but also reflect that online. I feel like you capture way more attention um, and you bring more people into it because people might not understand cricket, but they understand Simpsons reaction gifts, you know, like (laughs) that's, that's, that's the difference to what you can achieve like um, with your content as well. And I, I, I think we talk about it as well. Um, we, we don't have a lot of rights when it comes to AFL content distribution online. Like we're not allowed to film at a game um, and we're only allowed to use certain amount of highlights from each game. Um, so we each week we have to think about like what do we what do we actually do here? What do people want to see? How do we give them that experience of like being at a game without being at a game? Mm. And I think that's way more challenging than if you get it handed on to you on a plate like the nba do and they're just like mm-hmm. here's highlights go for it um so I, I think that's like a really cool thing to put under your bow and say oh, i did this i set the tone of voice for the entire big bash now because that's what it is now on social media yeah definitely it was it was just like a lot of fun and i think that kind of live sport side of things you know you you kind of realize that if you have fun with it you you're a bit cheeky um like people react to that and they you know bring people in and I remember even like, I think this is maybe I was trying to tell my uh, fiance, like, I was like, I was doing this, I'm doing this podcast today. And she's like, Oh, who's it with? And I was like, Oh, like that's a really weird story. I'm like, I think it was, I know this, I know him from Twitter. And she's like, that's weird. And then I'm kind of like, oh, I'm going. And I was like, yeah, look, just kind of way that the media is now. But um, like, I think that was maybe how we started was being, was talking right. was when we started doing those like terrible Photoshop of the big bash. Yeah. Um, and it was yeah. just, again, like I had no Photoshop skills. So it was like fell into my, um, <laughs> my, my skill set because I could easily do something really shit. And it was just like the dumb, like puns of player names or things that happened. And you just kind of made a bad photo on that all of a sudden, you know, all the teams started doing it. Um, I think even maybe the big bash started doing it as well, but just like, you know, kind of silly things that. It's almost like you do things to make yourself laugh and then if someone else laughs at it, you're like, oh, cool, maybe you can do more of this rather than just like... The other thing as well that I realized pretty early on was the main thing that we were doing before I kind of started was just score updates and it was like yeah, so boring. And, you know, what I realized quickly was, you know, if people aren't watching the game, they're probably not coming to 10 sport for the, for the scores. Like, you know, there was cricket odds, there was a big bash, you know, there's the apps, there's a website, there's like, you know, wide world of sports. There's like all these people that are kind of like live tweeting the scores. So a big part of our strategy was like, you know, we'll tweet a halftime graphic, we'll tweet the score, you know, once or twice each, um, like each um, innings. But for the most part, it's, you know, we're just reacting to the things that are happening and, you know, the score is kind of incidental to, the, the content because you know most people are probably watching so the scores are relevant and then you can easily find it if you don't we've had i can see barks's eyes like lighting up here he's ready to tee off on <laughs> no. his theory on tweeting <laughs> he's like let me at it we've talked about this far too many times about like yeah we've talked about like like if if crips kicks a goal is it worth just putting that score and crips kicks a goal like things like that all the time about like what is the point of actually live tweeting the the scores yeah. so um so close together rather than just the major breaks but um 
yes, we've we've thought about that a few times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of those things. And I actually always think like in 2021 that like the live tweeting of games is like almost dead. Like I just think, you know, unless you are like maybe a team account is the exception, but like even there's, there's still so many accounts that are just, you know, live tweeting all the different, you know, A-League or NRL, AFL or, or cricket. And it's like, there's so many ways of finding the scores yeah, now. And like, exactly. it's just, you just even see on the, like, and they see the interactions as well. It's like you're getting literally zero, like zero likes, zero retweets. It's like, well, you know, look at your stats. If it's not working, stop doing it. Like, yeah, that's such a good point. <laughs> I think my view on live tweeting is try to, if you're a team account, try to find, like, don't, I'd love to not tweet unless you've got something that you can provide that nobody else can because you are the team account, whether it's inside, behind yeah. the scenes. Like other people can provide scores, so why why do we need it? I think the um actually the, the renegades example that you guys talked about, where with um the I forgot his name was his the bowler was it Peter? Oh Peter, Peter. And it was like like that was a way of like you know it, it's it's updates, but it's like you know in a fun way. Like it's you know when he takes the wicket, it was, became like a thing, like a little bit of a bit that they did, and it was just a fun way of actually updating when something happened rather than like um. Old mate's taken a wicket and it's two for twenty three now. How how good? Like, you yeah. know, just add, added yeah. a bit extra. <laughs> Adds excitement as well. Like at the end of the day, you're right. People aren't coming to Twitter to get updates. They're coming to join in as part of a community. And if they don't get that sense of community from the club account, um, they're going to go elsewhere. So, I think that's mm. where it also comes down to what you're doing on a match day should not just be score updates. Yeah, hundred percent. I guess one other thing you touched on, obviously, what it's like being on the other side of the fence for for the, the being the broadcaster rather than being an internal content producer like us. But were there things about the sports industry that you liked and didn't like in terms of what they're doing, aside from the, the live tweeting, like when it came to their content? The thing about sport that I really like is that it's live. And I think for me, live social media is like the most exciting kind of social media because you don't know what's going to happen. And then that is just as a content producer, it's like exciting to be like, you know, you go into to work and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen in this game or like, you know, and I feel like that's kind of when you get your best weirdest ideas and things that kind of take off. And, you know, I think you still need that kind of your basic like content plan around everything and your kind of everyday pieces that you know is going to happen. But like that live aspect of just like shit, anything could happen. Like whack, whack stuff like that. I still remember that kid eating the watermelon and he was that like, Oh yeah. That, Massive what? viral, like just. <laughs> what was that? It was at a big bash game. Apparently, it was some journalist's son, but like it was just this kid eating a whole watermelon at a game. Yeah, you gotta love it. But yeah, that that was like became like almost the we use that in our decks. You know, when we're saying you know we're going to be talking about things outside of cricket, like that became the thing. Was like you know like watermelon boy because he was just something fun we captured in the crowd and then it became a huge selling point for the big bashes because everyone was like talking about this kid that was eating watermelon. <laughs> it's um, similar to if you remember when, uh, I think it was a Melbourne Stars game, when they hit the seagull and then the, the oh, um, yeah. cricketer like, yeah, picked up the seagull, whatever took him to the boundary and the seagull lives, good story. But then they got a mascot that was actually a yeah. seagull and it became their like, official mascot it was brilliant it was like yeah that's the stuff you need and that's the that stuff you get unreal. from our sport yeah easy eddie that's the sport side of things let's go to the reality tv side of things i think i think the first time i found you or clicked yes. on your profile and yes jules i saw love island but i saw the tv shows 
forgive me if I missed any, but Survivor, The Voice, Love Island. Can you talk us through sort of the listeners, just exactly what your role was with those those shows, your sort of day-to-day um, role? Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, pretty lucky that, um, yeah, I did Survivor and I'm a Celebrity for three years. So um, basically I was the like senior social media producer. So on those shows, I'm going to change a little bit for like The Voice and Love Island because it was a different company. But for those shows, which I think is probably the best example of, you know, what my role was is basically I would come up with the strategy for the show. So kind of maybe eight weeks out from when it went to air, it would be here's our strategy. Here's, you know, what channels we're going to play on. Here's what our kind of tone of voice is going to be. Here's some like examples of posts. Here's what worked for us in the past. Here's what hasn't. Um, and then kind of, you know, plan what we're going to be posting across. It was basically Facebook, Twitter, Instagram um, was the, the keys for us. Um, and then when, you know, I, was, I guess I was, I was also working really closely with all the other departments at 10, you know, you, with marketing, PR, um, like the promos team, you know, when they're making their, their big ads for, to promote, um, to promote things, it was, you know, my job to kind of work with them. And then, um, you know, kind of once the show came on air, it was making a content plan for each episode. So you watch, say like a week in advance, um, the episode, and just kind of try and pick out, I guess, the the moments that people are going to talk about. So it's a bit different, obviously, to the live side where you can, if people are tweeting about things, you know, you're like, oh, shit, this is blowing up. Whereas it was kind of just like on me to be, to, you know, you'd watch and be like, okay, I think that people are going to love that. Or, you know, some of them are pretty are more obvious than others. Like, you know, if there's a big blindside on Survivor or like someone throws up on I'm a celebrity, or, you know, there's a big fight or something. It's like, right, that's what we're going to do. Mm. Um, so then it was kind of, you know, I guess prepping content. So when the show went to air, we were kind of, you know, had content scheduled in Twitter studio just to fire off as it, as it happened um, to, you know, just get people talking about the show. And um, like, I, like the goal was always to get people watching. So, um, you know, kind of making it like an event where you had to be watching live tweeting, you know, posting on Facebook, on Insta, just to be a part of that community. And I think, I think Survivor is probably my favorite example of all of that because I felt like by the end of Survivor, I really kind of had a bit of free reign. Like everyone trusted what I was doing and, you know, I, I ended up getting away with like a lot of, you know, just being quiet, like not even sassy. Like often it was like aggressive. Like I was, you know, replying to like replying to people, to you know, to people trolling us or like, I don't want to say like I was bullying people, but like it was, I was getting pretty brutal because wow. I also, it was just like, you know, cause Survivor had that kind of like, you know, like rough, tough brand. And, you know, over the years we kind of just lent into it more and more. Um, and also I'm kind of, I'm going to see, you know, what, what kind of um, things I like folks I can do to get away with. Uh, and because again, with on those shows, I, I didn't have any levels of approvals, which kind of happened on, the other shows that I ended up working on. So, you know, you have to run post by people. Whereas this, it was like, okay, I've got this idea. I'm going to do it. Like just, you know, even like one idea we did when, you know, there's all these like boring pieces of content you, you, you have to kind of do. So one of them was, okay, Survivor is going to premiere on July 27. And then you'd get like this big marketing image that would have like July 27 and be like a, you know, a marketing asset of the, the host or something. And that will be like what you post to be, to tell the fans when it's coming back. And, you know, obviously that kind of post would do all right because they want to know, but it's like, 
fuck, this is just it's so boring. So one year we did like a um, like the caption just said like look at the host, um, and then on his arm had like little text, and it was like look at the top right corner, and we did one of those like images, and then put, played people around, and then in the corner it was like July twenty seven, and then like I remember when we posted it, one of our like like one of the bosses was like, what the hell is this? Like what, <laughs> what is this post? Like people aren't even going to see the date. Like the whole point of the content is to, you know, make sure people know what the date is that this show is coming back. And then we're like, no, this is like, this is funny. And it will actually get people, you know, engaging with it and sharing it more so than going down the more like traditional route. And then, you know, ended up having like all this amazing engagement. They're like, okay, like, you know, that was, that was good call. And um, yeah, so I guess like kind of day to day, that's what it is. Like, there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of good parts, like a lot of kind of, like a lot of dealing with, you know, politics in a big company as well, which was kind of the, the shitter parts. And, um, you know, a lot of working with contestants and especially as the kind of like trolling stuff increased online, like just managing, you know, when someone gets evicted or goes home, like working with them around, you know, how they kind of are dealing with people messaging them and saying that they were like a massive bitch and they hope they died and all this stuff. So, there's, wow. you know, definitely like some, kind of like bad parts to the, to the job. But yeah, again, like a really long-winded answer for me. And <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to go back to um, a, a consistent thing I'm getting from you is you enjoy bringing cheek to whatever account you're mm. managing, managing. And I think it's pretty crazy that you touched on such a big show. You said Survivor, there was no approval process. Like you could just sort of do what... So, did you get in trouble with anything? Have you had times you've gone, you've crossed the line and have had to maybe if it, delete <laughs> it or explain it? <laughs> um, yeah, there's definitely been, yeah, definitely been times when, you know, it's, you kind of get the message um, from, you know, the boss or something that's like, oh, this is, you know, you're a little bit too far. Can we, you know, edit this or, or delete it? Like, I think the main thing was, you know, over time I kind of knew where the line was and yeah. um, like, I, I I never went too far past the line. Like I'd kind of just keep like pushing the line forward. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it was like, I think one of the things that I, you know, more than anything can do is like work out what that line is and kind of be, be sitting on there rather than going too far. Um, because I also think that like humor is like the cheapest way to get engagement. Right. So early on I was like, oh, if I can be a little bit funny, then I'm going to get engagement on, yeah. on post. So, you know, kind of, hit the other floors like i'm not a very good designer but like like i can i can make a joke so yeah it just um it's it's like personable when you're you're funny and it's mm. it, like being funny isn't easy online like for example that that july 27th date thing like that's not a that's not an easy thing to think oh shit like how can we do this and are we going to be bothered doing this or are we gonna like just go with it i think that's like an a massive skill to be able to find the fun in something so mundane like that as well. Yeah, there was there was a few few examples like that of just yeah the kind of we had this idea of like right we know that we need to do this really boring post. It's like what else can we do? Like I remember another thing we did was like it was so tacky and like I kind of hate it but I kind of love it. It was you know those like what month are you born in? This is going to happen if you were born in July. So it was like this is how you would go on Survivor. And it was like you know if you're born in July you would win the game. If you were born in August, like you'd be medically evacuated. Um, and it was just like, we made this image and like, it was like a designer's nightmare. Like it looked so bad. It was like, cause it was just so much like text and it was awful. And there was another thing when, um, you know, we were kind of 
I think at this stage we might've had a bit of an approvals process. So there was a little bit of like, Oh, this is what we're going to do. And then our like designer was, was like, you can't post this. Like it's off brand. Like it looks terrible. It's, <laughs> it's not good. Um, and then I kind of pushed back. I was like, look, I know it doesn't look good, but you've got to trust it. Like this is funny content. And like, I guarantee if you, if we post this, like the engagement is just going to be like through the roof and be probably the best performing post of the week just because it's like funny and you know just you know you're gonna get all these people tagging their friends like oh you'd be like blindsided in the first vote or like whatever the dumb like thing that we came up with was um yeah i definitely think fun fun is good fun is good that's my fun sells live my, live my life by that yeah tatted across your chest follow up to that question so your role were you ever physically so your roles with survivor and reality tv shows were, were you ever physically on set often and if so do you have any favorite sort of characters people you met or even funniest moments so survivor was um i never went so i would um like write a, a bit of a brief for content that i wanted captured like on on set um because it wasn't live it was to be honest, it was just hard to convince people that I should go. Um, but it's, you know, it was often yeah. pretty remote and like, yeah, it's pretty expensive to fly one over. But um, for I'm a Celebrity, I was pretty lucky to go like three years to Africa. So um, like literally was oh, wow. worked in Africa for, was kind of started off the first year, I think I was there for like 10 weeks or something. And then the next two was about eight weeks. So I think I've spent, almost like half a year well maybe a little bit less but a lot of time in like the middle of fucking africa where it's like cool jesus hot hot as so like that whole like experience was you know pretty pretty amazing like it was um like the the most fucked work i've ever done because it was to deal with the the time zones you know we were getting up at 3 30 to um basically go and have our morning meeting at four have um, like a content plan roughly made by about eight or nine o'clock and then by 10 30 the show goes to air so you kind of everything was like supercharged in terms of just timing and trying to get content out in you know exported edited make a plan you know write 20 or 30 tweets write four or five facebook and insta posts have it all ready to go as the show goes to air so that was um pretty amazing but like also hectic like you probably work six days a week and then maybe get a day off and had some like pretty unreal times like you know doing a safari in africa so like that whole thing in general was like pretty awesome that's so bloody cool <laughs> so like, the most exciting place we get to go is bloody perth like <laughs> that's i mean I'm, so cool i'm sure it has its like negatives though as well in terms of family oh. like that's that's being ages away like, yeah and it's kind of like you know, I'll never not appreciate being able to do that. Like it was, you know, I'll never be, probably never go to Africa again, but like just being able to do that was incredible. But at the same time, you know, everyone is like, you know, they come, you come back and like, oh, all you do is just like take photos of zebras. And it's like, yeah, I was literally like, I, I saw a zebra like when I was, you know, had my two hours between finishing work and having dinner. And then once I finished dinner, you have to be in bed by like eight o'clock to be able to be functioning the next day. And, um, like you just, all you do is work as well. Like when you're away, like there's no kind of, you don't get downtime. So it's you work, you eat, you sleep, you get up, like you work again. Like, you know, so like in, when you're working at home and you kind of can go home and like chill out and disconnect, like it's just always work. And then 
you know, for the first like week or two, it's pretty amazing. But then after that, you're like, oh shit, like I'm mentally exhausted. Like just it's it's your whole life. So um, you know, it's definitely like you know the pros outweigh the cons, but there's definitely like you know it's pretty hectic. And by the time you get back, like come back to Australia, you're just like. I never want to go anywhere again. I just want to sleep in my own bed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, we being, it was, cause it was, the show was basically live. So they would turn it around in under 24 hours. And part of it was, you know, live, live. So we did some like really cool, um, you know, things again, just no, no approvals. It was just me and like a, another guy, like a content, uh, like an editor, shooter guy that we would sit in this like little hut in Africa and just kind of come up with things on the fly and, you know, you didn't really have the chance for people to be like, you can't do that. It was like, well, we've got an hour to do it and then we have to publish it. Like there's, you know, there's no time. And I think maybe the first thing that I always think of is like a funny story is when we're like sitting at lunch and this was, um, you know, so you, the show would finish. And so it'd be like maybe nine or 10 o'clock back home and we're sitting at lunch at, you know, midday. And I was like mentally exhausted, put on like my fifth coffee of the day. And I was just like in this like weird space. And I decided to change, um, the location on Instagram to um, like the Blue Mountains in Sydney because like there's this, there's this like stupid theory that like we never like we didn't actually film in um, South Africa and we filmed it like in the mountains in Sydney and there's like this kind of like conspiracy and it's kind of like an, a running joke so I was like I'll be funny just to like geotag like I think it's Katoomba or something and then all these people kind of started commenting like oh my god like they've left the geotag on like they've revealed themselves as being not in Africa and then <laughs> Um, again, like I didn't run that by anyone. It was just me sitting at lunch being like, this is funny. <laughs> and then, That's hilarious. and then literally like the next day there was like Daily Mail articles being like exposed is I'm a celebrity really not in Africa. It's <laughs> unreal. So that was just like dumb, you know, again, just it made me laugh at the time and I was like, yeah, this is pretty funny. Um, and then like, I was pretty lucky to work, um, like with Chris and Julia. So I would, I basically, one of the first things. Um, that I did was um, locked in literally five minutes with them before the show. Um, so it was something that before I was there kind of didn't really happen because, you know, everything's so quick and fast. And it's like, you know, we don't have time to go and film some content and there's no time to turn around. And I was like, no, we, we're going to keep this five minutes. Like that's enough time to do something, um, you know, with, you know, yeah. Julia Morris is very funny and Chris is like, you know, the nicest dude, but also pretty funny. Like we would, like every morning at about seven o'clock, I'd kind of rock up there, you know, with like an iPhone, like a little microphone and just be like, all right, um, we're going to do like an Insta story video where, you know, like I'll just walk in on you doing push-ups in your singlet, Chris. And that's like, that's our, that's our bit for the day. And just, that was heaps of like just dumb content things that we did just, you know, when you're trying to make something in about two minutes while they're rushing off to go and film the show. And I was like, Hey guys, like film this funny idea that I have or, um, so there's a few things like that where we, um, you know, working with those two was pretty cool because like they're obviously like the legends of Aussie TV really. And I um, was pretty lucky to kind of, yeah, be able to pick their brains and make them do my things that I thought were funny. <laughs> you spoke a lot about it before, but building the trust with the hosts oh. like that helps you get that content um, out. Like I imagine... Yeah. Going up to someone saying, I'm going to film you doing push ups <laughs> wouldn't fly very well. If- <laughs> Did they happily go along with it? Like, were they good? Yeah, it, it took that way. It took, um, like, especially with, with Julia because she she's like the ultimate professional and she's very conscious of, you know, like the way she looks and the way that she's portrayed on camera. Obviously, like, she's a comedian. Like, she didn't just want this fucking 
you know, like social media guy that thinks it's funny to come and be like, hey, tell this joke. Like often she would kind of, I'd have an idea and she'd be like, all right, well, I think maybe we could do this way. And I'd always be like, yeah, cool. But I reckon it took maybe a year and a half of working with her, like over two, you know, season and a half for her to fully be like, all right, I, you know, I trust this guy and I know that, you know, he won't put us in a, in a bad light or won't, um, you know, do it. But it definitely like the first season was definitely just more straight down the line, just kind of building up that relationship. Like I always tried to be, you know, very understanding of what they were doing. And if they were really busy and running late, which was almost every day, I'd be like, all right, maybe like I'll come back tomorrow. We'll just skip today. Like try to just be like the nice guy that they kind of trusted. And then, you know, if there was any other content that I wasn't sure of, I wouldn't use it just to, you know, kind of protect them. And like, there were definitely times when, um, you know, I posted something and then, you know, one of them will come up to me and be like, oh, look, I don't, I didn't like that at all. Like, can you take it down or whatever? And like had those kind of awkward conversations, but it was definitely mm-hmm. by the end of it, they, you know, they kind of really, um, yeah, really did trust me um, to, to kind of do it, which, you know, was cool. And there was, <laughs> I've actually never told this story before because I don't even know, um, exclusive. <laughs> it was, but basically, one of the I had this idea for a bit, which was like Chris throwing like a bucket of water on Julia Black before. So they basically my time is about half an hour before they actually film the show, and the show's live. And so I was like, Chris, like my bit is going to be you're going to like throw this bucket of water, but I'll just like film from behind a corner so you can't see that it goes on Julia, and then we'll pretend like she got really wet and she's annoyed at you. And then like, it'll be funny. And he's like, yeah, yeah, cool. So we like practice this like water throwing bucket thing without her. And then we're like, okay, Julia, you just need to like walk that way. And then we're going to throw the water this way. And then I'm going to film it on my phone. And then you just need to like scream and pretend like you got really wet. And we're like, yeah, cool, cool. That sounds good. And then we are walking and then Chris was kind of like blindsided by the corner. So we couldn't actually see her. And then he literally threw this bucket of water over her head and (laughs) Like I've still got the video where I can hear her like scream, and then I kind of like look around the corner, and then she, it's like gone like on her dress, has like like it's gone over her face, like you know she's done makeup and everything, and I was like, fuck, that's that's me, like I'm getting fired, like they're going to make they're going to make a show, like they literally go up to the set, and then they're like they do their lines, and like that you know in their like in the treehouse, and I was like that was one of those moments I was like. I've gone too far with this idea of <laughs> And then I had to basically go to like, you know, the head of the show who were in like the control room and be like, so guys, I might've uh, made Chris throw a bucket of water on Julia and said, I'm really sorry. That's crazy. Was, this, is, this is all such unreal insight. It's oh, so, so interesting. It was, yeah, I didn't get fired. So, um, I think it was lucky. I think that was maybe like in my third year. So they were like, oh, we know that it was just like a prank gone bad. Like it, you know, it was, um, he wasn't mean to do anything, but yeah, it was, it was like that just horrible feeling of like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Massive tip for any like new content creators out there. Don't, yeah. um, don't get a prank in your first yeah, year. Don't go, <laughs> Probably build up some, don't go for pranks, some trust. I think there. it is from like, we made it like a bit of a series. So like every morning he'd do pranks, but it'd be like something super lame. Like, you know, just put like a sign on a door, like it just kind of be, that were very tame pranks. I was like, oh, maybe for like this one, he's like, oh, I've got my big prank idea, this is what I'm going to do. And, but I was also like, Chris, mate, I told you where to throw the fucking water and you've thrown it the wrong way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's great, Chris. 
Um, just to just to wrap this little bit up before we move on to the social sandwich, quick quick hit of other contestants or other favorite um, contestants or celebrities. Yes, I'm aiming towards Love Island. Did you meet anyone <laughs> that um, you just thought were great? I like probably more um, like I'm a celebrity and survivor because I had to deal with them like on a much like a bigger basis and also they're the team on Love Island, there was like three or four people. So it was a bit more properly resourced. So mm. I didn't have to kind of do everything. Um, actually, there's a good one. Um, if you watch, do you ever watch Geordie Shaw? And with, um, mm. with oh, it, nah, it, does the name Vicky Patterson ring a bell? Do you know her? Oh my God. Not so That's man. the only person you've mentioned in the last like five minutes that I actually know. <laughs> well, Vicky Patterson. Patterson. <laughs> wow. It was like the OG, um, like Geordie Shaw, just like trashy, like let's get drunk people. But she was on the season of I'm a Celebrity that I was on. And um, the we did like a shoot with her before she went into the jungle. So it was like, you know, we did like these like kind of silhouette videos where we distorted their voice and they answered questions. And we were filming that. And I still remember like I walked up to her. i never met her before. And she was, I was like, hey, I'm Edwin. Um, yeah, I'm just from the social team. I'm just going to film this video with you. And she was like in her like full, um, like whatever accent is, I'm not even going to try and, and do it. She's like, Edwin, have we slept together before? And I was like. <laughs> <laughs> I like literally the first, like this is like the first thing. No, Joe, this is wow. I was like just absolutely thrown. I was like. Uh, what? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, I full just like, like, just got fully embarrassed, and I just went red. I was like, Plus. "This is like <laughs> the most embarrassing moment of my life." Like, look, I, I don't really think so. I think I probably would have, um, you know, would remember if that had happened. But. <laughs> what a way to like just absolutely assert um, control over any new relationship. Just walk up to someone, and be like, "Hey, have we um, slept together before?" Or? Just in everyday life, like a power <laughs> move. <laughs> yeah. It was actually a, walk into a meeting. That reminded me. Yeah, you meet someone new at a work. A work meeting would be a good place to drop that. Oh, but that God. reminded me. I only actually thought of that because of what, like, you guys are talking about. I think might have been on the last episode of this podcast where, like, if your talent, if your player, a player, or like if you are on a show or work for like a play for a football team, like, get to know the social producer. Because like from that moment, yeah. I think we had like a good, like a bit of banter and like, I kind of almost was more like strongly, like I was like, we had a relationship and we became like friends from that because it was like a bit, it was a bit more fun. Whereas like the other people that we did those things with, often they'd be a bit more like standoffish, like not as personable, but mm, yeah. like from the moment she said that, it was kind of like the walls are down. I was like, you know, we're joking around like, and it became like a lot more fun. And then, almost like subconsciously you kind of look after those people that you know are fun and you know she played the game really well um like she got to know all the producers like everyone just that she worked with loved her and i think you know it's a good lesson for you know anyone that is looking to be like a good like an influencer almost it's like get to know the people that are going to give you content that are going to be posting about you that can like help you out because if they're on your side then you know, it's a much easier place to be. And even like, you know, they send you content, like extra content because they kind of, you know, like you a bit more, which, um, mm. yeah. That's a really great, it's such a good point. Yeah. Important call. To all the, all the footy players listening. 
Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Some of them take our advice. <laughs> Obviously, like, we've done this great con- chat about what you've done in the past, but now you're doing something pretty special at the Social Sandwich. Um, do you want to take us through how that kind of landed? How did you kind of decide to put all this content experience that you had into a, a business, really? Um, look, to be honest, I kind of fell into it. Like, yeah, I was... It was something that, you know, I've thought about for a few years and I actually think I reserved like the social sandwich handles in like 2017. Um, so it was like in the back of my mind for a while, but it was literally because, um, yeah, it was Corona came. I basically lost my job and every TV show had to stop filming, had to like, no one was making TV because you couldn't. And I was like, shit, like my whole life is like working on TV shows and they're not making TV shows. So what am I going to do? So Basically, my thinking was, oh, I'll just try and put some like tips out there to see if people actually care about what I have to say. Cause I'm like, I feel like I know a few things about social media after working in it for a while. Um, and then, yeah, just started post like basically started an Instagram account and started posting little tips. And again, it was have like I tried as much as possible to be kind of funny about it and be a bit, you know, quite quite simple, like not use you know big technical jargon terms and you know make it just boring shit that um, no one's going to actually um, take note in. Um, and then, yeah, just that was kind of mid last year. And then I was, I was still honestly looking for work and kind of applying for jobs and having chats with people about work. But every job that I talked to, you know, it wasn't the right fit. Or I just, I was like, ah, oh, it's not quite for me. Like it was actually, it was one in sport actually that I was, I was almost back in the sport world um, <laughs> that I turned down. Um, and then, you know, just as, as it kind of, this kind of grew, I was like, oh, well, you know, one, I like having the freedom to like go and play golf on during the week if I want to, or like, you know, have a sleep in or just have a bit more control over what I'm doing. And, um, you know, even just not have to get approvals because towards the end of the last few shows I did, it was very approval heavy. It was, you know, you write a plan and then it goes through three different people to have their say on like what they think about your content. And then they're like, oh, we want you to change this word on this post. And, um, can you add this extra bit? And it's like, well, now you've changed the whole thing and like for what, just to, you know, have your say over some, um, some content. So yeah, I just kind of kept doing it. And I was like, oh, maybe, you know, this could be something that I can do and actually like make money from because yeah, money is good. I found uh, having a job is good because you, <laughs> you get good. I don't know if yeah, you know like, that. <laughs> consistent income is, is good. And like towards the end of last year, I was like, shit, I miss having like, you know, every week I know I'm going to get paid. Like there was weeks where I was like earning nothing and um, like relying on Centrelink basically to, um, to kind of make me live. So I was, I was lucky in that sense as well that they, you know, the government kind of propped up the Centrelink stuff. So it was, you know, I was getting a little bit of money from them and, you know, trying to just pick up clients here and there. And then, yeah, now it's kind of going pretty well, I think. And here we are, like I'm on like the biggest sports podcast in Australia. So like, uh, (laughs) yeah. So you said that COVID pushed you into it a bit, but would you have regretted not? So you said you had made that handle in 2017, but I know when I've got something in my head that I want to create, would you regretted not making this page? Yeah. And you know, there was like, I probably, had um i probably had like you know two or three job interviews where i was you know close to getting a job or like one i i turned down one and kind of pulled out of another one and um like there was times when i was like you know i'm planning a wedding like trying to buy a house i was like i need this like consistent income i was like i should just be taking a you know a full-time job because that's what makes sense you know it's 
you need to have money to to live like i need to be have money to save for things and yeah pay for a bloody wedding but um i was like it just never felt right and i was like the more that i kept doing this it was like this just like working for myself like having the freedom to do it and even just like helping people like i i'm working with a lot of like small businesses that just you know they use instagram to promote their their you know their hairdresser or their you know their little pot store and like it's it's not working with these accounts that have like half a million followers on Instagram or like, you know, hundred thousand Facebook likes. So they have like 500 followers, but if you can get an extra hundred, couple hundred followers and, you know, improve their content a bit, then all of a sudden they're like, you know, they're messaging me being like, Oh my God, like, you know, we've doubled our following. Like there's people in like booking out in the, in the shop, like we're making more money. Like it's actually kind of feels like a lot more rewarding as well. And it kind of is good to not have the, you know, the, the consistency of like, you know, that was a thing in TV. It was always the same stuff. It was like one show leads into another and then the next year it's just you start it all again. So with, you know, this kind of like freelance world, it's like I don't know what what next is or like what the person's going to come to me and be like, hey, I've got this problem. Can you help me? And I'd be like, yeah, I can try. Like I've never done it before, but I can try and, you know, work it out. So, yeah, definitely would have regretted. I think it's so cool that um, that number one, you backed yourself to do it, but also you backed the fact that you you do know a lot about what you do. And I think sometimes social media producers and content producers in general get like, get treated kind of like not poorly, but like that they don't understand what they're doing, like that they're just there to post or they're just there to, you know, do funny shit on social media. But really we know how the, the landscape works. We know how the media landscape works. We know how audiences engage with stuff like, we're much more in touch than your traditional marketing department or your traditional like PR department. And I think it's really important that people realize that in themselves and have confidence in, in knowing that they, they know more than a lot of people do really. And it, and it is a skill. It's not a skill that everyone has. Yeah. I think one of like the, apart from like, you know, not having money, but one of the hardest things that I've found is exactly that. It's that like imposter syndrome. Like, you know, when I look at, what I've done, like, you know, I've worked in and around social media for about eight or nine years, like in one way or another. So I'm like, there's like, in the reality is like, there's a lot that I know that people don't know, but you know, probably every second or third day, I'm like, Oh man, like, I don't actually know anything. Like this is people are, you know, doing sessions with me and just not knowing anything, not learning anything. And like, I'm just wasting their money. And like, what am I doing? Like that's every couple of days, like I have that thought and it is really hard to kind of go, wait, no, I do know things like, you know, even just the little ins and outs of like how Facebook business works or like, you know, adding a video title to, to a video on Facebook or scheduling tweets in Twitter or, you know, like having a good bio on Instagram. Like there's so many just like little bits of um, social media that like I think often as like a social producer as well, I kind of assume people know that they, you know, that people don't know like a lot of how the platforms work and that's the kind of skills that as like, a, you know, social producer you offer and, that's what can actually make a difference to, to a business, you know, like, you know, not posting square photos rather than landscape photos, like just little things like that, like that just can, can help out. And, um, yeah, it's still, you know, it's easy for me to sit here and be like, yeah, it's super easy, but like, I still honestly battle with those kind of like, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. Like people aren't getting the value from me that they, you know, they want, but the more that I kind of do it, the more that I talk to people and realize like, you know, they don't live and breathe social media like, you know, what we do every day. So there is value that you can offer people. Like, even if it is something as simple as like, this is what a hashtag is. Like, this is what hashtag before. Like, there's so many just little things that you can offer. So, yeah. 
Well, I think you're doing it like, and I hope this doesn't sound patronizing, but I think you're doing like a, an outstanding job because I know myself that I come to your page looking for, for tips here and there because it's just always such a fresh perspective. And what I think you said it earlier, like when you started, you just, um, you wanted to make it non-jargony. And I think that's the best thing about your page. Like yeah. There's no ego about it. It's, you know what you're talking about and you explain it in a really, really good way. That's oh, quick. Yeah, I can actually do this. It's actionable. Mm. It's not like this massive thing that I have to redo my entire content like plan or whatever. It's, oh, I can update my bio. Let's do that. That's something actionable. I don't have to spend a lot of money on doing that and it's going to make a difference. So I think your expertise is it's outstanding. And if anyone's not following Social Sandwich, like what the fuck right. are you actually doing? Like just go out there. It takes two <laughs> seconds. Go do it. It's worth less it. aggressively yeah. at social sandwich. Just follow it. I, I need to abuse more aggressively. Like, don't be cowards and uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't be cowards. Follow. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate the. That's very nice. It's gone very lovey again, hasn't it? That's, it's not like this. It usually has. Pod- we're, we're all about a bit. Yeah, usually the podcast is a bit more like aggressive and um, and angry. So it's a bit of a change, isn't it? <laughs> Had uh, uh, our episode last week, and we we got all the abuse out then. I'd like to add to that discussion. Fuck square photos. That's it. Oh, oh my square god! Photos. Your fucking four or five photos. Honestly, they piss me what? off so much because you can't schedule them. You have to through later, which oh. is the program you use. You have to manual publish them because you got to sh- press the button. Oh, it's I mean, fucking that's not, annoying. That's not my issue. I'm just. Oh, it is when you oh, good four or five photos. All right, we're getting <laughs> off track. Let's go to some fan uh, questions. <laughs> We'll, we'll quickly whip through these uh, fan questions because I know we've taken up pretty much all of your, your Sunday morning here. Um, <laughs> it's now 5 a.m. Yeah. Sunday. We're going to go over seven hours. Oh. <laughs> Quick one uh, from our socials. Are you, in fact, the actor from Arrow? What, what an odd question. No, I haven't. Do I look like I, that person, I'm guessing? Uh, let, me, <laughs> let me share the screen. It may have come from yours truly. <laughs> yeah. just Jules didn't say it. You were dead set yeah. him. Um, no? Oh, no, I don't know, mate. Oh, I don't know I if can, this is. I mean, he's the hair. Good looking, so. I mean, you're looking pretty good they, in that one did, where your top's off. Yeah. Rick's not I'm bad. <laughs> As if you don't see it. So you're not him? <laughs> uh, can confirm. I'm not not here, but I, I, you know, maybe I could if I work on the rig a bit, and then we can. There we go. There's more the face, but no offense. <laughs> That's fair. So, how often do you have to explain to, um, let's not be mean, but the older generation, um, what you actually do, and how often is their response? How is that a job? Um, I had lunch. I mean, dinner with my family last weekend, and was next to my nan, and she was like. <laughs> So I saw your sandwich on Facebook. Sandwich. Have you opened a sandwich shop? It's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh no, not really. God bless. Yeah, I think my my parents have like they understand now like what I do. Like it's probably taken four years to kind of get it through to them. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, probably apart from yeah being mistaken as like running a sandwich bar which you know maybe down the track i can pivot and open up a social media themed sandwich bar and like you know have a fun different sandwiches um but yeah i think it's still there's still that definitely that kind of oh how is that a job like all you do is like the conception of the um the idea that oh, all you do is just post to 
to Facebook and Instagram, like how hard can that be? But, um, you know, it's more the kind of judgment rather than the not understanding, I think now. So, yeah. And, and the last fan question we got in, um, I believe it was actually from yourself, <laughs> but if you're so good at social media, why do you only have a thousand followers, you bloody That's Carol? a great question, me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> me, well done, me. Uh, the answer is, yeah, I guess I'm just actually not that very good. So, um, actually, I actually, hate that. I feel like a lot of people say that. They're like, well, you know, if you're, you're supposed to be so good, like when everyone falls, I was like, well, uh, I don't always. You've, I'm you some organically. Yeah, yourself. <laughs> I did, yeah. Actually, I don't know an answer for that. I didn't think you'd read it out. So, I thought, again, I thought it just made me laugh in the time. So. Didn't think about the consequences of being actually asked. It. <laughs> uh, well, well, well answered. Well, good save on That's your right. own. Good question. We can go on to um, um, can go on to the best segment of what was it? The best best sportcast. Best sportcast. That's interesting. Best best sport. Oh, here we go. It's Bucks talking on the Sunday. Everyone. We'll go on. We'll go on. We'll go. On, we'll go on to egg of the week. Is what I was trying to say. Um, and I believe you had one, Edwin. <laughs> Egg of the week. I did. It was um very appropriate because I was looking as we were we were talking, like just before I. Box is actually enabled yeah. share screen, so I'll bring it up. I believe it's this. Oh yeah, year, there's a, so there's a, if I've got the right. There's link. a little bit to this one. So um, basically, like NRL, and you know, when I knew that I was coming on your podcast, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna be. I'm talking about NRL because you know you go pretty AFL heavy, and I'm like, <laughs> it's not for me. So I'm going NRL. Um. It was Chad Townsend, who is a player for the Cronulla Sharks. And last night was our the first kind of NRL game of um, the season. And he did this poll that was like, who you got tonight? Indigenous All-Stars or Aboriginal All-Stars. And basically, they're the same team. Like, um, he's just he's had a bit of a howler. Oh, and no. um, it was against, it was actually the Maori All-Stars. So he had this tweet and... Like, there's a lot to this, but he left it up for hours. Um, that was the first thing. I was like, mate, everyone was just roasting him. Like, what have you done? You've just made this awful poll. Um, and then um, All Mates Fox League posted it to their Insta. Um, you know, kind of everyone was talking about it, jumping in on it. But then they've tagged the wrong KO. So they've tagged this, like, German fashion vlogger <laughs> in their KO post. So <laughs> it was just like... You know, all, from all parties involved, they've all just um, just screwed everything up. So eggs on eggs. That's a double double egg. That's a, that's a that's a great offering yeah. of an egg. Um, much better than what you brought to the table, Darren. If you're listening, because you didn't bring anything. So I appreciate you actually bringing Take a couple of NRL eggs there. Um, Barks, I might jump yep. in here because I've got a quick one. Um, first of all, honourable mention to our, our media manager, Will Batoulos, who after weeks of um, telling everyone that we've got a new sponsor for the AFLW, making sure that everyone had the right branding on their T-shirt, uh, rocked up to last week's game wearing last year's polo with MC Labor <laughs> emblazoned all over it. So as the media manager, I feel yeah, like that's hell. a pretty big egg. Well deserved. Peanut. And another another quick one, I'm just going to whip through this one, but... Uh, AFLW promoting our game yesterday is supposed to be the battles of the two Hosking sisters um, and they've used, who are, who are twins, um, but what they've actually done same. is they've used the same picture of Sarah Hosking just in two different jumpers. Um, so Sarah, for anyone that didn't realise or doesn't know, used to play for Carlton 
uh, and then got moved on to Richmond. But obviously, AFL Women's haven't updated their marketing collateral because they've just put two pictures of Sierra <laughs> in two different jobs. That's brilliant. Yeah. I didn't see that. I like that. I've, I've got a quick basketball one. Basically, you may not know this, but I'm a bit of a Dwayne Russell hater. Um, Dwayne Russell gets things wrong too often for my liking. Key moment in the game. I'm just going to let it play. So someone hits a big three-pointer, Nathan Sobey. And Dwayne Russell, my old mate, calls him Tyrell Harrison. Now, Tyrell Harrison is this tall bloke. He's seven foot. Key key note, he's a left-hander. Nathan Sobey is a six-foot point guard right-hander. And Tyrell Harrison <laughs> has never shot a three in his life, I don't think. And Dwayne Russell does these things weekly that piss me off. But sorry, Dwayne, you're my egg. Fucking Dwayne. Dwayne. Come on, mate. Yeah, that's it. That's it. We're gonna oh, wrap I've got a quick up. boss. I think we've we've uh, so taken boss? the old... boss of the week. Boss of the week. Boss, 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 boss of the week. Got a quick boss. So well, boss quick, of the week is on. the opposite quick. of egg of the week. Just in quick. case you didn't know, Edwin. So my boss of the week. Let's go quickly. Patrick Beverly from the Clippers post game interview. Oh, he got a Bud Light. Love it. What is he drinking? Bud Light. Bud Light. Perfect. Bud Light. Bud Light in the post game. You've got the other That's one. You got the other boss of the week there. Open Adam Sandler and Shooter yeah, McGovern. Shooter McGovern is that? His, yeah. Oh, for yeah. that content, that was that was sensational. Yeah, Those good. two. Um, we'll chuck the links up. But we're running out of time because we've got a minute left on the Zoom. <laughs> okay, guys, wrap it up. Ed- Edwin, it's been such a fucking pleasure having you here today. Thanks for sticking around for nearly four yeah. hours. We're going to let you not be a hostage anymore. Um, exciting news. I think I'm going to I'm just going to go ahead and announce it. But we're going to have Edwin on uh, a little bit more regularly on the show to kind of come with a few social media tips and, and roast us for what we're not doing right, basically. So... Um, we'll, you'll be seeing Edwin a lot more and hearing from him a little bit more regularly. So we're, we're so stoked that you're, you're going to come on and do this for us because we think you're going to add so much value to so many people's lives. Um, and if you're not, as I said before, go on and follow him on Social Sandwich on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And he's also got a Patreon, Patreon. I don't know how to pronounce it, but if you want to sling him a coffee, that's it, all it costs, $3 for a month. Get him a coffee, um, and you're going to get some hot tips there. Oh, they're as well. pretty hot as well. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been, um, yeah, I really like what you guys are doing too. I'm very happy that you started this and are doing something in the Australian space because I think it was really needed. So, well done to you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, boys. 